0: What's this? You say a podcast of a Monday from me? Crazy, um, yeah. No, a little off uh, off schedule. Um, but the only reason I'm doing it is because it's, this is going to be entirely Formula One based because um, it was quite a significant weekend um, of Formula One that just passed. Um, I'm I'm doing it walking out about because uh, it's an incredibly lovely day. Um, the last time i got out of my van it said um it said it was 23 degrees um there's not a cloud in the sky the sun is uh bearing down on me um i'm, and I'm actually it's october 9th and i had to apply uh, sun cream uh strange times we are living in um it's very disconcerting walking around um with leaves falling from the trees and uh mid-summer heat there you go global warming <clears throat> So yeah, um, I'm currently walking down the Greenway, the Dodder Greenway. That is uh, not far from my house. Excuse me, I'm burping. I'm not long after my lunch again. I have to stop eating before recording this stuff. Um, Yeah, it's uh, in case you hear any nature sounds in the background. That's that's why Um, I'm I'm going. I'm very a bit of a juxtaposition. A podcast about cars and motorsport. Um, and then I'm embraced by nature and climate change I don't know I'm I'm rambling already Um, so yeah this is going to be Formula 1 based only Um, and I wanted to get it out there because there's quite a lot to talk about from the weekend just gone Um, so obviously credit where credit's due just to begin with Um, Max Verstappen won his third world championship uh, third in a row Um, obviously a foregone conclusion um, for, you know, for several months now, really. Um, although, you know, never say never. You know, look at Danny Rick. Um, had a pretty innocuous accident in Zamvert and he's been out for, was it, four races now, five races. Um, you know, so look, anything can happen in the world of Formula 1, but for, for all intents and purposes, we all knew Max Verstappen was going to wrap up the title um, early this year. Uh, and in convincing fashion. And that's exactly what he did. Um, so, yeah, credit where credit's due. It's an incredible performance. Um, people will bemoan that it's, you know, it's dull and unpredictable, or dull and unpredictable, I mean. Um, but, you know, as time passes, we'll more and more appreciate what he and, and Red Bull are doing. Um, it's incredible. Um, and obviously, three three world Championships is, is rarefied ground. There hasn't been many. Um, there have been, what... I discussed this last time, Um, so it's been Fangio, Prost, Senna, uh, Schumacher, Vettel, Hamilton, so six, so he's the seventh person to win three titles, obviously several of those drivers went on to win more, Um, and only, so I left out Fangio last time I said this, so obviously Fangio was the first person to do three in a row, and again, won four in a row in the end. Um, And 5 in total Um, But Fangio uh, I think Fangio Schumacher Vettel and Hamilton are the only um, Are the only 4 And now Max So 5 out of those 7 that you win uh, 3 on the trot Um, Prost obviously Prost won 4 But they were disjointed over several different years And Senna's were over a couple of different years as well Um. Oh sure. yeah, okay. incredible achievement, um, and there's no denying it. Um, not the ultimate perfect weekend for Max. Um, he qualified third for the sprint race, and, only, and he finished second. Um, but the main race itself, um, he started from pole, uh, led from the beginning, uh, managed his pace, and yeah, won convincingly fastest lap, um, which is a great way because he won the championship on the Saturday. Cause he only needed to score point stall. Sorry, this is the background noise now. I'm walking past the weir along the daughter, Um, so there's lots of rushing water in the background. Hopefully that's not too distracting. Um, It's hard to tell with these recordings what gets picked up and what doesn't. This microphone is pretty decent at uh, blocking out background noise. Anyway, stop getting off topic. I'm just trying to kill some time as I walk by the weir because it is quite loud and I'm conscious that it is drowning out what I'm saying. Which is probably for the best, says you. Um, what was I talking about? Formula 1. Yeah, so he won. He actually won the championship on the Saturday in the sprint race because he only needed to score three points. Um, three points, no matter what Perez did. He was currently second in the championship. I think he still is, even though he's had an abysmal weekend this weekend, so maybe he got jumped, but I don't think so. Um, and yeah, so s- strange. Um, definitely, as far as bike, I don't think there's been anyone else in history... To win a world championship on a Saturday, Um, because the sprint race is a is a pretty new phenomenon, Um, so I can't imagine there was any reason why anyone else would have done it in the past. Um, So it was strange, and I watched the uh, I watched the sprint race on my phone with no sound in the pub because the uh, the, the Ireland and Scotland rugby game was on, and we had to be we booked a table. And we had to be there for half six, which is when the sprint race started to secure the table we booked. Um, not that that matters, but um, yeah, so I, the, the sprint race, so I only kind of half watched, because, for the reasons I just outlined. Um, but yeah, I know it was, a, it was a foregone conclusion, but I don't know. As I said, we'll appreciate it as time goes on, but it certainly was quite anticlimactic. Even Max didn't seem particularly... Um, overly excited at the fact that he won his third championship in a row obviously it does mean a lot to him and he's he's a winning machine Um, just goes to show like the next day he went on and dominated the race despite the fact that he didn't he could have just went home technically um, because they've already got the constructors' championship and everything but um, he he wanted to win again and he wants to win all the rest of the races for the rest of the season Um, so it'll be interesting to see like he's he's said he's been quite vocal about saying he wants to um, he wants to uh, try other forms of motorsport, um, most notably endurance racing and uh, GT racing, um, sports cars, etc. Um, and he wants to do it while he's still in his prime. Um, now he's he's only 26, so uh, he has plenty of time. But um, so and, and he's contracted. I think he's contracted until uh, until the end of 2027, until uh, 2028. Um, with Red Bull, as far as I'm aware, but even at that, so that's what. So what? So four, five, six, seven, so four more seasons. So he could. It must be twenty-eight, because well, I think they were saying that like he could go uh, go all out and get eight championships if he was to win. You know I mean? So yeah, he must be. It must include twenty-eight, because that'd be. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 5 more, and he has 3, so yeah um, So, that's what 5 years, 26 Sorry, Matt's terrible, so he'd be 31 at the end of that um, and so therefore he could step away as the greatest Formula 1 driver of all time um, assuming uh, Red Bull nailed the next set of regulations, which is in 2026 Seb is the most successful Formula One driver of all time. Again, I know I'm making a lot of assumptions here. A lot can happen in five years in Formula One, but let's just assume at the age of 31, um, and then you know, take a couple of years, um, do them on, probably win that, um, and do other things: 24 Hours of Nürburgring, all sorts of other things, maybe Dakar, whatever. And then, like you could do two, even three years, and still be in his. Early to mid-thirties... He can make a return to Formula One... And try and... Win some more... And really... Push out the boundaries of... What a Formula One driver... Can and has achieved... Um, Because that's the only thing... I could think of... That would be... I don't want to say... A blot... On his uh, his record... Because... Look he's, he's already proven he's... One of the greatest... If not the greatest... There's ever been... Um. But for him to win with another team would be interesting because, you know, like what Schumacher did in uh, in 96 going to an ailing Ferrari and then bringing them back and then obviously going on to the run dominance after he had his back-to-back championships, uh, championships with Benetton, you know, that's, you know, that makes him a bit of a great, you know, Lewis going from McLaren to Mercedes at the time was such a shock move. But like, you know, he proved that. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Prost. His last championship was a bit of a walk in the park with Williams, but he still did it with two different teams. Centre um, is obviously a bit of an anomaly. We don't we really know where his career would have went ultimately, um, tragically. Um, but yeah, it'd be nice to see him to do to do something with another team because, like, like you know, I mean, people kind of look back at Vettel's for. looking like, I know I'm a big Vettel fan, and he's clearly a great racing driver, but. You know, it was, the team and the car were clearly a very big factor in his championship success. Um, you know, obviously, he did give it a go with Ferrari, and, you know, there was a bit of a 50-50 split as to why he and Ferrari didn't uh, succeed. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's it just, long, long story short, what I'm going to say is it'd be, it'd be great for Max. He's not, I don't think he's going to go anywhere else under his current contract. Um, and I do feel he'll step away when that contract is over from Formula One. But it's very possible that he'd be, his age is on his side that he could come back and uh, try to achieve something else with another team. And I think that would really cement him as. And he's, not, he's not quite the GOAT, as the kids say these days, yet. But he is on the right track to becoming one and uh, gaining success with another team outside of Red Bull would just be the absolute cherry on the icing of the cake of success. Look, just because this is about Formula 1 doesn't mean I can't ramble like I normally do. So yeah, hats off to uh, Max and Red Bull, um, an incredible achievement. Um, Other things that happened over the weekend. So um, there's the issue with the tyres. So now everyone loves tyre chat, and I'll try and be as... Not boring, as it can be. I'm talking about tyres and technical stuff like this. But, um... So the... on the, after the, Was it after the sprint race? I don't know. It was after, it was after this... Or was it after Quali? Or was it after the sprint... It was very so much going on at the beginning. But anyway, after one of the sessions. I think it must have been after the sprint race. Was it? Anyway. Pirelli inspected the tyres after... Yeah, once it must have been after the sprint race because it was. No, it was actually no, it was after free practice. Yeah, it was after free practice one. They inspected the tires and noticed there was a a delamination um, of the cords from the sidewalls hitting the new kind of jagged curbs that they'd installed at Qatar LaSalle circuit. Circuit, um, and they had a bit of a safety concern. Um, so they made adjustments to the track, and then they gave, again, something that's out of kilter for a normal weekend. They gave um, the drivers a 10-minute familiarization session, as they put it, before before the sprint race itself, um, to, to test out the new track limits and the new curbs that they installed. So they did that, and then they had the sprint race, um, which... Was, which was, was interesting, interesting enough, and um, we'll get back to that in a moment. Um, but then after the sprint race, they checked the tyres again, and the decision was made on Sunday morning that for sa- on safety grounds, they wouldn't allow anyone to do any more than 18 laps on any given tyre, which meant um, you, you, we knew when people were going to pit pretty much, like, you know, maybe maybe a lap here or there, um, or I'll say here or there, maybe a lap early or two, what they were required, no one was allowed to go over, the, the deal limit was 18 laps, the same um on a set of tyres, um, which, it was very hard to, f- how do I feel about the whole thing, it was like... It was interesting in a sense because it was such. A, it's an anomaly. It was something different that we've never seen before. Um, mandated pit stops, and it meant that there had to be with, with 18 laps being the maximum you could do on a set of tires, it meant a minimum of a three-stop strategy for everyone. Some people went on to do four, because um, because they took into account because because the allocation of tires everyone had used tires had to be a factor at some point, and um, so like any. Any laps that had been done on the used tyres was taken into account on the on the maximum of 18 they could do on them. So some people did have to do four stops. Um, so, like, knowing when people were going to stop was strange. It also caused a lot of confusion with, you know, people who were on three, people who were on four, and, you know, people starting on used and people on new tyres. Like, there was a lot of chaos as to where everyone was throughout the race. It took a while for it all to settle down and really understand where people were. Um But one of the, I suppose, unforeseen, um what's the word I'm looking for? Unforeseen, unforeseen. Brain's gone blank now. <laughs> we should be <laughs> top quality content. This Um one of the unforeseen circumstances, I suppose, is the word I'm looking for. Um, of this um mandated uh, number of laps they could do on the tyres was. They were pitting way before the uh, the degradation limit of the tire um, would kick in, so they were all flat out. Which is flat out is great. We want to see the drivers flat out all the time. It's one of the it's one of the criticisms that's been labelled a Formula One over the last decade or so, especially with these prely tires. Is that there is a lot of tire management involved because of the degradation of the tires, but because they were because they were. Um, pitting much earlier than the degradation limit of the tyre. They were flat out through the whole race, and they were in Qatar um, at, well, you know, it's 25 degrees in Dublin at the moment, so I think think air temperature at night in Qatar there was 34, 35 degrees, and apparently, you know, know, that increased to, like, 50, 52 in the cockpit, and humidity was at something like 98%. Um, So, a lot of the like the the three drivers on the podium, which was uh, Max, Oscar, and Lando. Um, Lando, to be fair, him didn't seem too exhausted. although he was pumping sweat, as everyone was. But um, Max, even who was uh, you know, kind of managing his pace out front, and Oscar, Max and Oscar had to like they had to sit down and you know catch them catch their breath. Sorry, burping again. Um, at the end of the race. And like they were clearly incredibly exhausted, so that's what we saw kind of up front initially at the end of the race. But then, uh, you know, as as the analysis unfolded post race, um, several of the drivers had to go to the medical centre. Um, Logan Sargent actually had to stop before the race was over. Um, he was feeling so unwell from the heat. And um, if you go online, you'll see um, there's videos of. Uh, uh, Alex Albon and um, Lance Stroll getting out of their cars and um, Albon had to be helped out by his mechanics and Lance struggled to get out of the car and then like he stumbled over towards an ambulance and um, Ocon said he threw up in the car and um, Stroll was saying well in the high speed corners he was starting to black out um, and then there was, the, I said, there was several others who went to the, the medical centre and stuff Um so like okay they were at a very, very hot climate race, um, but this this forced um, tyre thing um, exemplified the heat and humidity because, they they've, as, as Oscar put it, they essentially did 57 qualifying laps. Um, so yeah, lessons learned, I think, from this weekend. Um, Bradley said this very much will be a one-off um, because these curbs have never been used before and aren't used at any other track and I'm sure the FIA will ensure that these um, curbs are never used again anywhere to avoid this happening and I'm sure probably will um, have a look at the tyre uh, construction so something like this can't happen again but um, yeah it was you know it, these are elite athletes and it's, it's you know from an entertainment and spectator point of view it's It's admirable to see these athletes, you know, absolutely at their pretty much wits' end, showing how hard they had to work and battle um, at this top-level sport. Because I think that's one of the things that, you know, new uh, fans and armchair fans don't realise, or even people who don't watch Formula One don't realise that, like, it is an incredibly physical sport. Um, The G-forces and the heat and all 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 that jazz um it really does take a lot um takes a lot out of uh, the drivers and this was probably one of the most glaring um visual realizations of that uh, yeah good my good old rambling is is, is, is top notch today um so yeah that was one of the other key highlights um stuff in the race so at the very beginning um oh well I'll, will i will talk about that? I don't Take everything I say about the sprint race with a pinch of salt, instead of watching it in the pub. But um, yeah, hats off to Oscar Piastri. He uh, he, because they the, the McLarens locked out the front row for the uh, for the sprint race, um, and fair play, fair play to Oscar. He um, he took the lead at the beginning. He was on the medium tires, and then he and Lando were both in the mediums. Lando had a bit of a stink of a start, Um he dropped back a bit, a bit. Um, so he he was on the they were on the mediums then. 3rd, 4th and 5th was Russell, um Russell Sainz and Leclerc. Um they all started on the softs. So they got good launches. Um and so eventually like there was a very early there was a safety car on the first lap because Lawson and um, spun out p- put it in the gravel. Um and on the restart then uh George uh, managed to get uh, Oscar and overtake him. Um, And then there was another safety car when Logan Sargent put it into the gravel. Um, And he caught um, Oscar napping on the restart. And he took off and built himself a bit of a lead. But then the, uh, the saw tire started to drop off and Oscar managed to catch um, Russell and, and overtake him pretty easily And then after that He kind of held his own Max had a bit of a stink of a start as well um, Where did Max start actually? Max must have been third actually Yeah maybe Max was third for But anyway, he had a bit of a stink of a start And dropped back a bit But he was on the mediums as well And he eventually got past must been Russell Yeah And once he got past Russell um, he, Piastri, he might have caught Piastri But he didn't Passed him to hang on Max finished second, Lando was third um, in the sprint. Um, I took down the full... it's one thing I did write down is the results of the races. Um, so, yeah, so it was Oscar first. So his first win, you know, there's debate, you know, does is, is, is that consider a race win? Is it not? I'm giving it to him. Even um, he himself says, you know, it's it's a strange, bittersweet, it's a bittersweet feeling. Because um, it's a victory, but it's not a race victory. It's a sprint victory. Whatever, fair play to him. Um... Got to dent uh, the confidence of Lando a little bit. Sorry, I'm out by the road now, so there's probably going to be road noise and diesel truck engines disturbing things. Um, because uh, yeah, He had a bit of a scruffy weekend. There's no denying Oscar overall outperformed Lando this weekend, although Lando was very quick in the race. um more than that at the moment. But, um, so, yeah, technically, to take the first win of the two of them, technically... Um, uh, that's, got, that's got to dent Lando's um, confidence a little bit and he, he was very harsh on himself Lando this weekend um, the reason um, Oscar outqualified him in the race is because uh, Lando made a bit of a mistake on his fin- uh, final flyer on the final corner, went wide um, and then like they well they both got uh, they both got 5 second penalties for the main qualifying for the race so they started the main race since 6th and 10th because uh for track limits and again lando was very harsh stuff. he knew he breached track limits even before it was announced um but anyway so the results for the sprint race oscar max lando george russell lewis uh Sainz, alonso albon which good cool points for albon uh gasly and the last points position in this in the sprint then it was Bottas, sonoda Leclerc, clerk. I don't I can't remember what happened to the clerk that he was so far down. Uh, Magnuson. Well, he started on the he started on the softs, which definitely wasn't the way to go. And um, but well, Science was much further up. I can't really, I can't remember why the clerk was so far down in the sprint. Uh, Magnuson, Joe Stroll, and then we well, had yeah, DNF for Nico Hulkenberg, Ocon, and Perez. And um, the three of them came together. I brought out a third safety car uh, in the race. Um so it was kind of a racing incident but it was it was three into one didn't go um Hulkenberg was trying to pass uh, Perez and then Ocon was on the outside Ocon didn't realise Perez was on the inside of Nico Nico did try to back out of it um but uh yeah he was pincered by both Perez and Ocon and then Ocon tagged Hulkenberg and Hulkenberg spun into Perez um and then it was Ocon and Perez who went into the gravel. I think Hulkenberg was able to continue, but then they had to retire the car because it was too much damage. Um, Sargent had that DNF because he spun off, and so did Lawson. That was the, the, the sprint. Um, the main race. Um, so obviously you talk about uh, Max cruising to victory. Oscar, uh, second podium for him. Um, again, because he, he had a clean start. Uh, it was helped by the fact that the two Mercedes uh, came together in the opening lap um, fighting a bit too hard harder than they should have been um, and it was, it was Hamilton tagged uh, the rear uh, left of George trying to go around the outside of him into turn one um, They were both you know, giving out over the radio as you kind of would expect um, As much as I can't like George Russell um, it was clearly Lewis Hamilton's fault, and to be fair, to Lewis, once he got out of the car and you know he, he re- reviewed the thing, he was straight away threw his hands up and uh, and took responsibility for that one. Because, um, as, as I said previously, it's I Lewis is obviously an incredible racing driver. Uh, you know the, the record books show um, he's, he is an amazing and well deserving world champion. But I do I have questioned before his wheel-to-wheel combat um i think it's partly because he's had a lot of time out in front by himself and um, i don't think he's the best at wheel-to-wheel racing he's had a lot of uh comings together um when he when he has uh, gone wheel-to-wheel with other racers and often with teammates which doesn't help um but anyway yeah so oscar oscar was kind of the winner from that because he started sixth had a decent start um Got by the two Ferraris it was and then when the two Mercedes took each other out, um, he took advantage of that. And uh, Norris came back through, saying that's why I'm saying he had to a very good race. Started tenth, managed to finish uh, third. He was catching Oscar at the end as well, but the team told him to hold station, which he did. Question, but uh, he did. Uh, he did stick to his guns and and and, uh, and stayed behind Oscar. Um, and he was he was yuck. He was he was delighted at the end of the race. He he's. Uh, He's wise enough to know that you know, starting 10th and finishing 3rd is still a great result, Simon. It's a great result for the team. Another double podium. They're 3rd in a row now, um, which is pretty impressive. Um, McLaren are really in a row. They're only 11 points behind uh, behind uh, Aston Martin now for 4th. Um, so it seems like it's almost a bit of a foregone conclusion now that um, McLaren are going to take 4th in the championship from um, from Aston. Um which, as I've mentioned previously, that's... Aston will... In part, like, they'll be happy that they got 5th. Because it's an improvement on the last couple of seasons that they had. But... At the same time... They begun the season second... You know, the second quickest car. They were second in the championship. Entirely because of Fernando Alonso. We'll talk about Stroll in a moment. Sorry burping again. Um... But, yeah, like, to drop off that much is is, is pretty bad. You know, Mercedes, Ferrari, and most not McLaren have made such leaps and gains, and they've dropped back. It's it's not a good look. Um, so, yeah, again, bittersweet for them. Finishing fifth, an improvement. But, I don't know, this year, I held so much more promise for them. Um, but, yeah, like, if McLaren had started off the season as well as the second half's gone for them, it would probably be a clear fourth and maybe even third at this point um, or even second maybe um, but you know the start of the year was, wasn't great for them um, so where was I yeah so that, that, the, the crash at the start um, between the two Mercs was almost a, a gift wrapped present for Ferrari because Ferrari and, and Mercedes are now locked in a battle at the end of the season for, uh, for second in the construction championship but um, even before the race started, uh, Carlos Sainz was ruled out because they discovered a fuel pressure leak or something. Something to do with the fuel system anyway on his car. That couldn't be fixed in time for the race. Uh, so he did not even start. So that was going to be a bad day at the office for Ferrari because with the Mercs starting what was it, um, third and fourth, um, it looked like they were going to score a substantial amount of points um, ahead of Ferrari. Um, so when the two of them tangled at the start it looked like it was gonna be amazing. So all the clerk needed to do was get a decent points finish um, and they would have taken a, a decent dent out of uh out of Mercedes. However Russell did manage to continue after that tangle with Lewis and uh, he, uh, he finished he finished fourth in the end, um just ahead of Leclerc, so they did score what's that? fourth gets you twelve points, I think, isn't it? Twelve? And you get 10 for fifth. So I think they've marginally increased their lead. Um, I'd have to go through the... So they... Yeah, Mercedes scored more points in the sprint as well, but I can't even remember how sprint points are divided now. It's like eight, six, five, four, three, two, one, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, is it? Something like that. So I'll have to double check. I should, again. I should have written down the championship standings for having. But anyway, it's still, still quite tight between... Mercedes and, uh, and Ferrari for second, anyway, so that was five races to go. So, between that battle for fourth, or sorry, for second, and the battle for fourth um, between Aston and McLaren, um, are two, two, um, two interesting tales um, for the rest of the season now that the, the main championships are wrapped up. Um, my money, well, no, well, it's hard to predict how the Ferrari and Mercedes one is going to go because. They do seem to fluctuate um, from track to track. Now, if history is to repeat itself, you know, um, murk, sorry, there's a siren coming this way now. It's an ambulance. This is probably going to really ruin things. Hang on, I'll take on that so I can cut this out, maybe. That's loud. Um, hopefully nothing too serious, but they are going pretty flat out through uh, an urban environment, so. Hopefully nothing too serious there. Let's go, whatever's going on with that ambulance. Um... Yeah, I would. I would like Ferrari to get it. Obviously, I'm a diehard member of the Tifosi. Um, but it's hard to tell. Like, yeah, Merck are probably going to go well in Brazil and Mexico. Um, Las Vegas is a bit of an anomaly. Circuit of the Americas could go either way for either of the teams. And then there's Abu Dhabi. So we shall see. Um, I think the McLaren Aston thing is a bit of a foregone conclusion. I think McLaren will get that. But um, yeah, the Merck and Ferrari one is a good one to look at. Um, Alonso yeah he finished sixth um, just behind Leclerc so uh, about as good as I think they could have hoped for um, Alonso was a very, it was very dusty the track because um, there was a lot of sand uh, around Qatar and during the safety cars in the sprint race Alonso was uh, was c- cutting across to clean his uh, his grid box uh, always always on the ball is El Alonso um, so sixth not a bad result um, all considered that car seems to be a bit of a pig um, I actually I don't think he got any penalties because he did go off a rare mistake from uh, from Alonso he went off pretty wide at, I think it was turn two um, and he came up the escape rope but he pulled out right in front of the clerk quite dangerously um, I, I didn't hear him getting any penalty um, I should probably double check that so I'll leave that with a caveat maybe he did get a penalty and he's dropped back further but i um, I don't know because I took these results just from the F1 app before I came out, so he, he has six. Um, I'm surprised he didn't get a penalty, it was a very dangerous uh, return to the track. But uh, good results because um, going back to Lance Stroll, um, so obviously, like 90% of the points that Aston have scored this year have been by Fernando Alonso. Um, Stroll, <laughs> there are just, just, just way too many question marks now. Like he's, and you know, his dad owns the team, well, him and a consortium anyway owned the team and that's why he's there um, still like, don't get me wrong he's he's obviously a good driver but he's just not a great one Um, and he's really been shown up by Fernando but um, this weekend he had terrible qualifying for the sprint um, and he let his anger be shown Um, he was out in Q1 for the sprint uh, got back to the garage threw his very expensive steering wheel out um, and then he pushed his trainer on camera and then he like, gave a very sweary, disappointed interview um, in the pen afterwards. Um, so he's really letting his frustration show. And it goes to show again, he um, he finished 11th in the race. Um, because he was in 10th, I think. Um, but he got uh, a five-second penalty for track limits, which dropped him down to 11th. Um, so yeah, so again, no points scored by Lance Stroll. Um, he finished last of the of the other cars that ran in the, in the sprint and then 11th in the race um, and his, his teammate managed to pull 6th out of the bike so um, yeah not great for El Stroll question marks how much longer can daddy allow him to stay in the team uh, Ocon 7th um, not bad considering you know the Alpine very much being the 6th fastest team um, and after the disaster of the crash he had in the sprint race not a bad result for Ocon and Alpine there and then 8th and ninth, Bottas and Joe um, the first time all season both the Alpha and Romeo Saubers have been in the points um, so they, they'll have to be pretty, pretty delighted with that um, Joe kind of somewhat benefited from the fact that in 9th Pre- sorry Prez was 9th n- um, but Perez also got um, uh, track limit um, penalty which dropped him back um, so that's how kind of Joe got into the points but um, it's it's a result nonetheless um, but Perez yeah um, so as discussed previously Perez is having a nightmare of a season since Miami where he got absolutely trounced by Max it's just been all downhill really for for, for uh, Sergio um, he is still second in the driver championship um, which to be fair to him if he can manage to stay there um, it will be the first time that uh, Red Bull have managed to have a one-two in the championship, which is mad when me think about, it considering the success they've had in their short, relatively short time in Formula One. Sorry, burping yet again. just um, like tuna. like tuna for lunch. Um, but yeah, like like he managed to get 10 so he did manage to score a point. But when you're uh, when your world champ, your crowned world champion teammate uh, wins comfortably and you uh, you crash out of the of the sprint race um, and you qualify terribly it's getting he, he he's on he's on um, he's on is is press. Um, the team have said he's 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 safe for next year, you know, he, he will be in the race car but I dunno, he can never tell with, with Red Bull. Um the fact that Danny Rick's taking so long to return to the Toro Rosso or sorry, the say the Tarso. Freudian slip there The the, uh, the Alpha Terry I think Maybe They want him to get Properly recuperated He will be back this season For sure In the Alpha Terry, But they're not rushing him back Because they want him to get back Up to full Health and strength Because I think They might put Danny Rick In the second Red Bull Next year um, Because I think They know him and Max Will work well together um, They have the data They probably know he's You know Like for like Possibly quicker than Perez I think at this stage in his career, I think Danny will be happy enough, not necessarily to be a, a, you know, on paper, absolute number two driver to Max, but he will play the team game, you know, allow Max to do his thing. And if there is, if there is opportunities to be taken when Max isn't on form or has bad luck or whatever, or maybe, you know, let's not rule out, you know, um, Danny is the last person to actually um, outright, um, compete and beat Max. I'll be Max was much earlier in his career at that point. Um, yeah, it's nothing to say. That maybe maybe Danny could get into the Red Bull and actually compete and beat um, Max. Although that'll be uh, some achievement. But um, yeah, I feel maybe like they might they might slide Danny Rick in there now for next year. We'll get a, a surprise announcement over the winter break and. Um, and they'll put Lawson in the other Alpha Terry, um because he well deserves it. He's been, although he didn't have a great race in um, Qatar, he has been putting in. Uh, he has been putting in the work. Um, Why he's been replacing Danny Rick um, So he he definitely deserves a chance um, on the grid next year. And I think Perez has had more than uh, had, has had more than an opportunity um, to try and right his wrongs, but. The, the performance disparity between him and Max is is pretty glaring. Um, now, saying that, maybe maybe no one will be uh, close to Max at all. Maybe Max is that good, but I really think the team um, need to find out for sure by putting someone else in the car. Um, because while well, they've run away run away with it this year, um, it's not to say that that will continue. And um, McLaren are certainly on song, and there's nothing to say that Ferrari and Mercedes and even Aston um, could join that um, form run of improvement um, next year. Um, so yeah, we shall see. Um, where I'll start wrapping this up soon because I'm, as ever, talking absolute bollocks. Um, Stroll, yeah, I, was, I talked about it. Gasly again. Messy race. Um, you know, Ocon managed to sco- um, get points for seventh. Um, Gasly was very kind of um over ambitious with some of his overtakes. He he overtook Perez was one of them and who else was the other one that he, he ever tried to overtake off the track? Must have been it was either Botas, I think it was Bottas or Joe one of the Alpha Alpha males. Um yeah, overtook off the track and he was kind of not pretty reluctant to um give the place back. And uh so he got penalties then as well For, for four breaching track limits So that's what dropped him out um, Well he was out of the points And then he dropped him down Into 12th overall um, So not a great weekend for Gasly um, Where did he finish in the uh, in the sprint? Where is he there? Well he finished He finished 9th in the sprint So he didn't even score any points in the sprint race So yeah so not a great weekend for for Gasly um, Albon was 13th And um, Again, there's the, the the with it with everyone going flat out, um, you know, he he's great at tire management his album, but he wasn't gonna have to use that that tool in his arsenal, because um, everyone was going flat out. Tire management wasn't really a thing and the heat stroke really seemed to get to him, um, as, as the onboard footage showed him he really struggled to get out of his car, so thirteen was the best that Albon could manage. Uh, Magnuson fourteenth, again just no pace in the air. Uh, in the Hass Again While well, everyone was going flat out It's now the 15th I'm not too sure why and again It must be been a pace thing Because uh, Lawson was 17th and last of the runners um, Yeah, just, just no pace In the In the Alphitari This weekend uh, And then Hulkenberg was 16th Again Same thing as Magnussen No pace in the car um, There's an ambulance Going the other direction now um, I'll try and cut out Those sirens um, Assuming That they uh, ruin. The audible pleasure of this podcast, um, and then so uh, Sergeant DNF. Um, he voluntarily um, stopped because he wasn't feeling well, which must have been a tough decision for him to make. But you know, he obviously wasn't able to continue, um, and just uh, just another blow from in what's been a very difficult season. It's, it's it's it'd be surprising if Williams give him another um, another another go next year. Um, James Vells has been very um has been very um what's the word I'm looking for? You know, he 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 has put his arm around Sergeant and given him the benefit of the doubt and given him time. But in this competitive world of Formula One, he can he really um justify another season? Um I know the you know the Liberty Media I think would really like to have an American on the grid, but at the end of the day there are some great racing drivers out there and I don't know how big Sargent's fan base is even uh, in his home territory um, so maybe that's you know if Perez does get dropped going to uh, going to Williams might not be a, a terrible move for him to make um, assuming he stayed in Formula 1 which I think he would um, Hamilton DNF obviously in that crash at the start with, um, with his teammate Russell and Sainz didn't start the race at all Um Yes, yeah, so that's, that's it I'm sure there's other things I'm, I'm forgetting about um, That happened Because um, it was a very hectic weekend But um, yeah Fair play again to Max Verstappen And Red Bull Incredible um, Hopefully we don't have any more drama with the tyres um, There were elements of it that Added some excitement um, Something different And it was great to see drivers going flat out for the whole race But overall We don't want to see that crack again and um, yeah, so the next race is Circuit of the Americas in Austin. So another nice evening race, and um, because Qatar was on there at six o'clock, which is nice. I do I do like an evening race, and um, there's only one early morning one left, which will be Las Vegas, um, because it's on at nine p.m. local time for them, which means it'll be on I think at six a.m. for us over here. Um, so yeah, Circuit of the Americas, in nice two weeks' time. I won't talk too much about that because I'll save that for the week. It's it's, it's, it's we have a two week gap, um, so I'll talk about that nearer the time. Um, I probably will return later in the week With just a normal carry podcast Because um, I said I've talked for nearly Nearly 45 minutes um, About Formula 1 So if I managed to do that In the regular podcast um, It would be about fucking two hours long And no one wants to listen to me talk that Much bollocks f- um, for that amount of time So anyway, if you haven't listened to this one um, as always, I love you, and until next time, be, sea- be safe, be, sea- be safe, be well, I'll talk to you again soon. Bye!